Welcome everyone to the very first Call Me Coach podcast. Our goal on this podcast is simple, to share insights into the world of coaching. Coaching and teaching are two of the toughest endeavors a human can undertake, and when it comes to learning best practices or hearing it from the best, information can be very tough to come by. And so, we hope to bring you our conversations with some of the best, brightest, intriguing, and unique coaches on the planet. I couldn't be more excited to start the podcast first episode with anyone more so than our guest today, Mr. Jesse Waring. Jesse is a fitness professional and coach at Waring's Gym in Virginia Beach, Virginia, also known as the oldest gym in America, where he and his cousins operate the gym as fourth-generation fitness professionals. What's more is that in 2016, Jesse was named the Parisi National Performance Coach of the Year, and through Waring's Gym Community Outreach Programs, Jesse has coached over 10,000 kids to become better athletes. Apart from those accolades, I can personally say Jesse is one of the most positive people I've ever come into contact with. He's an outstanding communicator, an incredible motivator, and he is truly outstanding to watch work with athletes of all ages and ability levels. I can really think of no better person to get us started on this podcast, and I hope you enjoy listening to his insights as much as I enjoyed speaking with him. As a small disclaimer to this podcast, uh, as it's our first one and we were working out the kinks, you're going to hear things like jets in the background, which we'll work on, as well as the fact that we recorded this in the gym. Jesse was gracious enough to let us do that. You're going to hear a fitness class going on behind us. You're going to hear weights and plates being dropped and returned. And in the process of our conversation and in Jesse and I's authenticity, we are going to use some three and four letter words that may not be appropriate for all to hear. And uh, this is just a disclaimer about all of that. Otherwise, enjoy. Tell me a little bit about what you were like as an athlete. What did you play growing up? Who are some of your influences? What did you, what did you enjoy? I was a 100% extremely lazy, horribly behaved uh, kid. Basically, um, I was always the class clown in school like that. Uh, um, everybody in my family from this long, long, for generations back, right, just these, like, athletic badasses. I mean, like, my, my granddad was, like, the Navy's strongest man and uh, so many state champion wrestlers in, in my family and everything. And for me, this was huge. This was terrifying. Like, what if I go out and I, I go out there and I try and I'm, I'm the bad one? What if I'm the first bad one? So I would be so afraid of that chance to fail, that that first chance, I mean, sorry, to, to be the one who's no good, that I would run away from it, I would hide from it, and I would hide behind humor, I would make jokes, I would get in trouble, I would uh, do whatever I could to draw attention to my personality and try to distract people from the fact that I was just terrified to try. You know, I, mean, I, was, I was awful in school, in basically every kind of thing you can name, like behavioral-wise, grade-wise. Uh, always uh, super underachiever. But for me, though, I feel like that's where a lot of my strength as a coach comes from is because, and I, why I like working, I'm very passionate, as you and I have discussed countless times before, I'm very passionate about the trouble kids, and I can relate to the trouble kids because I, I was one. And you can see right away, like, where you have these kids who are looking for some kind of attention and they're acting out. You know, like, say, if you have a kid that's, Super energetic, man. This kid is hyper in class. We have to find some way to keep that kid active. You need to find some way to to channel his energy. If you have a kid who talks all of the time, it's a kid who needs to be heard. You need to find some kind of role where he get he or she gets to speak in something like whatever it is. Like you're not trying to change the behavior of these kids. 
you're always just trying to channel what they're giving you like find what their need is and you find a more positive way for them to use it but you think now when I was a kid I would disrupt every single assembly that I was in I would always I would take it over I'm gonna make myself the center the whole school is in there they're not gonna look at the speaker that came in on their free time you're all gonna look at me and I'm gonna get kicked out of the assembly and everybody's gonna laugh about it and now I'm the exact same person that I was I'm still loud I still make myself the center of attention but I've changed the way that I, I changed my focus I changed and, and made it about other people I'm still loud I still rely on humor and stuff like that but I've just found a way to channel it to where now as you know schools come to me and they ask me to, to host the assemblies now now I'm the one who speaks to the whole class where before schools were trying to kick me out and now they ask me to do what I used to get kicked out for so is that what turned the corner for you so to speak it, for me the reason that I became a teacher was I eventually had a really good teacher who made me think, whoa, this is what it can be like and this is how much different and how much of a difference you can make in the lives of a kid? Or was it some other sort of turning point that you said, whoa, I think, you know, athletics and coaching, this this could be my, what was that, what was that tipping point? Uh, it, it was a couple of, it was a couple of tipping points. But the main one, and this is not going to fit the narrative, unfortunately, because I was in my very late 20s, and I was uh, doing, just for fun, I was a pro wrestler. I would travel up and down the, the East Coast, but I was never very committed to it. I, my athleticism was never the reason why I was there. It was always because I was, I was I had good, big personality. So I, it's not an athletic thing for, for, for me. But uh, at one point, I did have a really bad leg break. And uh, it was a time in my life, I'd already been married and divorced before. Um, and it was a time in my life where I didn't realize it until I had no other reason to realize it, that when I was stuck in my bed for you know almost eight weeks, and nobody's coming to see me, like this guy, everybody's here, they're all laughing at my jokes, I'm making this ass out of myself, and you know, Everybody loves it. Everybody's having a great time when I'm around. But now, when I'm down and out, nobody's coming to see me. I'm not fun right now. I'm not funny right now. And there's nobody here. And I'm just come. I have no choice but to face who I am. I have to look at myself and say that. Realize that, man, I'm I'm the problem. If nobody wants to be around me, it's not because of everybody else. It's because of me and all my jokes, all my empty jokes. They're only worth. They're, they're not worth anything. They were good for that moment, but man, when I need somebody, nobody is around, and that, that was probably the first one. And the rest is just, you know, taking your time and really kind of thinking about, I spent a lot of time thinking about who I am and who I want to be, and I think I just kind of get better at it over time. That was probably the number one thing that really made me look and had to start looking at myself and see that I needed to change. So it, it sort of fits, fits something that I've, thought about a lot and talked about with some of my former coaches how important is it in your opinion that you are your authentic self when you coach because yeah I feel like there's there's this narrative along the lines of the the movies we see and the you have to be the hard-nosed coach you, have, you know you're not you're not a great coach until you know you're making kids throw up or you're, they can't go on anymore um, when in fact I think embracing what it is that you are and I think when kids can identify like like we've talked about before oh, that guy is just another dude he just really wants me to be good how important is that 
in the big scheme of, of coaching, in your opinion? I think that it only really matters if you actually want to make a difference. But if you actually want to make a difference, there is there, there's just not going to be any other option because, like you and I, we have a passion for working with kids. And kids fight bullshit with everything that they are because they're immersed in this world of bullshit. And we naturally want to reject that. We naturally don't want anything to do with that. Kids are still closer to your natural form, and so when we bullshit them, they automatically tune you out. They don't. They're gonna see right through it every single time. And then I get to work with adults a lot, and you find that there's two types of adults. There's the type of adults who are like, "Yeah, man, thank you, thank you for for cutting through the bullshit. I never had that. You know, I've been conditioned all this time to accept bullshit. You know, this whole entire time, and it's a breath of fresh air that." finally we're cutting through and I get to really find out what's important or it's the other kind of adult who's not ready to cut the bullshit it's like the matrix and they're still so attached of the comfort of that bullshit that they'll actually protect it some they'll fight you about it so I mean really as you and I know like when we're working with a kid you know what kind of kid we can't help one that doesn't want to be helped all we can do is inspire them to want to want to be helped, we can only show them the value in what we do. Like me, as, as I work in speed and speed and strength, you know, and I was a national national speed and strength coach of the year in the Parisian Network. I've never made a kid faster. I've never made a kid stronger. I've never made a person lose weight or get stronger or anything like that. All I can do, and all you can do as a teacher, is help them see the value in it. And when they see it. They do it all on the, on their own. Like we're not the ones who teach them. They teach it to themselves. We're just showing them. We're just showing them that hey, like this is something that you can do. But if they don't want to do it, you you and I and no one else is good enough to make somebody who doesn't want want it do it. Would you call that the biggest challenge? Is is finding kids inspiration? I know. So in in my setting of swim coaching I find it way easier than in a school setting you know, in a school setting it's really hard to figure out what a kid is inspired by or what their thing is that you know I think every kid naturally um, you know, fast forwards themselves about 10 years and they're like oh you know I whatever their passion is they're like well you know I'm gonna be a basketball player or I'm gonna be a race car driver or whatever it may be and sometimes we can tap into that as far as education goes but there's other times it can be a lot harder Athletics, I think the hardest thing that I've ever encountered is there's going to be kids whose definition of success is different than mine. Right. And I wish that I saw more coaches finding ways to reach a different definition of success for their kids. Right. What is your sort of MO about going, going about connecting with a kid? I, I want to answer that, but I, we kind of jumped. If, I, I wanted to touch more on one thing I think that we should all realize, and you, above anyone else, realize it, because I only get to be on the athletic side. You know, you as a swimming coach, you get to be on the athletic side, and you get to be in the teaching side. You're in the public school system, right? And so both of them, you get to work kids, and you're trying to empower kids, and you're talking about how much easier it is on the swim thing, right? How much do you like school versus how much do you like swimming? Uh, swimming way more. Right, right. The kid, every kid that comes in to, comes to your pool and every kid that comes here to visit the gym, at least some part of them wants to be here. You don't get that at school. They have to be right. there. 
So there's going to be, I know me, I didn't want to be there. A lot of those kids absolutely are resistant. They're going to be more resistant, but their guard is going to be lower when they come to see us at an athletic thing because there's at least some part of them that's already seen the value before they even come in here. School, you give me all these things about like, hey, you, you have to learn all this stuff before you go to college in 15 years from now. Like, dude, I don't give a shit about college right now. Right. You know, I don't care. Like, you're going to have a good, good job. I mean, you, we're trying to use these fear tactics to inspire people who still don't even see the value of something so far down the road, you know? Um, there's that, and then to answer your question, uh, what was the second question again? I'm sorry, I got stuck. So I think wait, what's your MO about connecting with kids? I, mean, I think that's, the, the relationship piece is such an undervalued, and you know, I think those of us that are involved in some of these things, we, we know how important it is, but for you know the average coach or the person looking to get into coaching, they may not understand, well, like, well if I just teach them you know, all the best skills, they're gonna be great, right. and really there's a whole lot more to it. Do you, do you have any sort of suggestions or things that you do that you know you try to really get into a kid's head? Yeah, I would say, and it's gonna it's lousy because it's super simple. As a matter of fact, I think pretty much every answer that we ever really need is super simple, and we already know it. We just have to, like we said, get the bullshit out out of the way. Um, do you know what I find more than anything, and I think that you you at the school that you're at, this is a huge thing there, especially. Um, kids love and respond to real talk like they want you to talk to them in the exact same way that that you want to hear it not necessarily in the most comfortable way I'm not, not always telling them sweet things because it's not always a sweet thing that needs to be said right now that that's not needed right now um, but just the real talk give it to me straight let me know that you trust me enough to tell me the way that it needs to be said. You're not worried about protecting me because you don't trust that I can handle it. Show me that you trust me to grow. Like if we're trying to instill confidence in people, whether it's kids, whether it's grown-ups, anybody, the only way that you can instill confidence in anybody is by trusting them. You know what I mean? Showing them that you trust them gets them to trust themselves. And when they trust themselves, they're, they're confident. Does that does that make oh, sense? Yeah. And does yeah. that answer the question? No, no. It's, I, th I think that's something that I was hoping we would get to especially somebody like you I, I, I'm you know kind of going over all this stuff with my wife last night I'm like you know I'm doing this thing for Jesse I was like you know is there anything you can tell me about him and she said Jesse communicates better than anybody I know and do you think that's something you're conscious of is that something you've worked on or is it something that comes naturally because you're very comfortable with yourself or is it a, a beautiful combination of everything it it wasn't natural, and when it became natural was when I decided to, I'm gonna keep repeating this, and I feel bad about that, no. but it just all comes down to eliminating all of the bullshit, like just tell people what they need to know. Uh, did that come naturally? No, I, I guess it kind of evolved over time, but now it's kind of the point where I can't even help it. Like I just, I can't, and there's a lot of people that don't wanna hear it. And there's a lot of people I can read, like they don't want to hear this right now, and I'll, I'll tone it back. Sometimes I talk more than I than I should. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess it's been it's been progressive, but to me it feels very natural at this point. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can give you the answer that that you deserve. No, that that makes um, a lot of sense. Can I go back yeah, to yeah. The real, real talk um, and the the advice that that I would give to every single coach, and by coach. 
I, I look at teachers as coaches and coaches as teachers. Like anybody who you're working to help people develop, you, you are a coach. You know what I mean? And the number one thing for all of your relationships is, and as dumb as it sounds, as simple as it sounds, is just always be 100% honest, always be 100% transparent, always be 100% sincere. And when we do this, that's how the lines of trust get started. Um, just really kind of finding some way, when we talk about connecting the kids, I always, a weird, I think we've talked about this before, one weird trick that I use to develop con, con, I'm sorry, trust with uh, with young dudes, doesn't work as well with girls, um, but, but with dudes, it sounds completely ridiculous, but it, it's a huge thing for me. It's, and I don't do it in large groups, um, I do it when it's one-on-one -on -one or just a couple, but I'll slip just a little cuss in there. Just something where I say, oh, yeah, and anything else is bullshit. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. You know what I mean? But I, I'll make it real kind of, I want them to hear it. And it's just this little trigger to them that says, oh, you know what? This isn't for everybody else. He doesn't talk to the other guys like this, but he knows I can handle it. Like He, tr he trusts me. Yeah. As dumb as it fa sounds, it's just kind of this little trick that I use to kind of get dudes to let their guard down to say, oh, okay, he knows I'm not like all these other little kids. I'm, I can handle stuff like that. You know, we never get crazy, you know, cussing, and they only do the same thing to me because they know we can't cuss in this whole group. But you and me, just a real quick one, it's dumb as it sounds. Uh, find ways to just kind of be open and honest and just in, in, instill trust in each other. Just as sort of a, a general background, what type of athletes do you typically work with? What, and I guess we should probably you know define for those who may not know what is Parisi, uh, and sort of give a, a background about a little bit about what that is. Uh, Parisi is a is a national um, athletic performance um, system that's it ranges all the way from you know elementary school to you know pros that got you know you know guys that they've trained for NFL combines like countless guys. I mean it's a very broad. Um, program we've got we're a uh, franchise here at the gym where we run a speed school and um, I mean that's what it is athletic performance based on you know getting faster and stronger speed kills when it comes to athletics and I think that's important but the main thing is is I think it's kind of super simple and so it kind of is something where kids or young athletes it's just kind of a confidence builder like the it's disguised as an athletic conditioning program, but really it's a confidence builder. Like we're, it's here to empower people. You know what I mean? It's oh, for sure. I, I know that, you know, in, in my comings and goings, I see a huge transformation, not just, you know, physically. And, and yes, I'm sure uh, I haven't had the privilege of watching anybody, you know, go perform on the athletic fields, but it seems like if I see a kid like the first day, you know, they're always kind of towards the back. And, but it's really interesting to watch them sort of come forward and know that, okay, I'm doing something to make myself, you know, a little bit better than what everybody else is doing. Those are actually, when you, when you ask what my favorite the athletes I like to work with, it's not going to be a sport base. It's going to be those guys. I like the guys that don't think they can do it. I like the guys who would rather kind of fold back into the crowd and have nobody notice that they're there. You know what I mean? I like to find, I like to grab those guys and I like to get them to find that they're stronger than they think they are. Like I love, we all love like the stud athletes and stuff, but those guys already have 
already have this confidence, you know what I mean? And I, I like that. I love working with those guys. And I can do a good job at getting them more confident. But I love taking somebody who doesn't believe they can and letting them see that, that they can. That's the kind of athlete that I, I'm beyond passionate to work That's with. That's perfect. Yeah. That was a question I was going to ask. Is, you know, what types of athletes uh, would be your favorite? And you did a great job answering that. And the trouble kids. I love, I love the trouble kids. What are... What are some themes that you feel like you have every time you walk into a class or you walk into a, a session? What's something that you want to say? You want to definitely come through to all the athletes you're working with? And maybe what's something you want them to, to feel like they're walking away with? I would I would feel like, you know, confidence. I would like for them to, you know, have, have something in themselves, you know, that they... I want people... When I work with people, I want them to leave taller than when they than when they came in like I'm I saw the movie Miss Peregrine's you know peculiar children have you ever seen it before yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, he's you know he's peculiar children have all these powers and this one kid he learns that his peculiarity is the ability to protect other peculiar children and you know obviously there's a whole movie and things go wrong and he didn't do the best job protecting them because I mean he's just a kid and he apologizes to them at the end. You know, at the end, I didn't really, you know, keep you guys safe. And the girl says to him, "You didn't make us feel safe. You made us feel brave, and that's even better. And that's who I want to be as a coach. Whether I'm working with kids or if I'm working with grown-ups, like I don't, I don't want you to be comfortable in here. I want you to feel brave. I want you to be ready when challenges come up because challenges present themselves." all the day it's not just about what happens here in the gym but like having the guts to just take a chance and and step forward and grow I mean I always tell the kids that two things that can never happen at the same time we can't be we can't find comfort and growth at the same time as soon as you're choosing comfort we're choosing to stay exactly where we are you know what I mean if we choose growth man it's not going to be comfortable there's just no there's no easy way to get better at anything not not physically not emotionally not mentally not in any way like if you want to improve in any way you have to be you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable I stole that from Martin Rooney I don't I, yeah I didn't, no. I didn't coin that no no worries um, couple more first one what's something that you see or hear of other coaches doing that you find is just insane um, I'd say any time that uh, – not to be specific because I'm just going to umbrella it, but any time that if, you're, if your tactics are negative, they're going to always get negative results. Like being like mean to people. And I mean like anything, like even if like – it happens more with grown-ups I see like um, in a class where somebody will berate somebody for being late to class – and it's hard enough in this day and age. Like people don't already already don't have the super confident about going into the gym, and so the fact that they're even here, like, did they got here when they got here? Would I prefer that they got here on time? Absolutely. But did I take it as an insult? No, I didn't. That's their loss. They lost that that amount of time. But I don't ever want to make somebody feel bad about anything. My goal is always for when you're here, I want you to enjoy what you do here. It's not just about challenging you physically, but I want this to always be a positive experience. I want it to always be something that, that people like doing. And if they like it, if they enjoy it, then they'll keep on doing it. It's never about this session. It's never about, hey, you showed up late to this session. You didn't do this in this session, you know what I mean? Or you did great in this session. You know, just like John Wooden said, you know, um, success is never final, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and failure is never fatal. 
you know what I mean? It never hinges on that one system. It's all about making you enjoy the process. And when people enjoy the process, the results will just happen. But if we put, and we hinge everything on this one experience of, oh, you were late in here, you didn't do this in here. Like, I mean, dude, fuck it. It's one, it's one session. You said something, and it was a couple weeks ago, and it's kind of stuck with me. I'll probably butcher it. But you were sort of on the, the idea of, of fear-based tactics that people use. Right. And along the lines of, you know, when you can't make somebody scared who's not in charge. You can't threaten them. Right. 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 Well, for, for me, I remember, you know, a lot of my stuff comes from just being, like I said, just being an asshole growing up, you know? Um, I just remember that there would be two types of authority figures. They're either going to try to bribe me, you know what I mean? Hey, look, if you do this, then we'll get this, you know what I mean? Or they're trying to threaten me. Look, if you keep doing that, we're going to take away this or give you this right here. But they're all, those are all just temporary results. Like at one point, like I don't know how many, I've been suspended more times than any human can count. Like in my school career, I mean, who, who knows? And so by the time I'm in high school, you can't threaten me with suspension because I don't care. You mean you have no card left. There's no detention you can give me. There's no suspension you can give me. What are you going to do? Yell at me? You put me in whatever. I mean, at what point do you run out of things that you can threaten me with? At what point have I just adapted to whatever you've thrown at me and now that's it, you've got nothing. Or if you bribe me, how long are you how long can you keep paying this? Like how long can you keep and how long did how, and at what point does it cut into the point where now I'm manipulating you? To where now I've learned, well if I want this, all I have to do is that, but I'm not doing it to get better. I'm only doing it to get that temporary thing. So again, I'm making this reward, this temporary, this temporary result, and it just doesn't go anywhere. But everything, ha like I said, has to be about building. If if it's positive, people, and it makes people feel good, then they want to continue to do it. Any recommended watching or reading for coaches out there? You know what? This is one of the most embarrassing things. That, uh, I am not a reader at all like I'm, I'm a real bad reader uh I'll, i start a lot of really cool looking books man you know a lot of, oh john wooden i'm gonna read this he's the best coach ever and he's got great quotes and great insights and all that um i'm a huge comic book reader okay um and i'm a big movie watcher and it, it, it sounds really bad but i'd say almost every important thing in life I either learn from just getting my ass kicked and learning, hey, if you want to not get your ass kicked anymore, you have to do this. You have to do that. Like, learning the hard... I'm the slowest learner you've ever met. I mean, I'm not being funny. Like, for me to, to read, I mean, it murdered me in school. You know what I mean? I was, a, I was a jerk. You know what I mean? But I was doing all this to hide from the fact that I do know that I have some learning disabilities. I do know that for me to read, it just is a miserable thing. I'd say getting my ass kicked, comic books and movies. I mean like Spider-Man. Like like Spider-Man is my absolute favorite, right? Because 
at the end of the day, his underlying theme is with great power comes great responsibility. Like, Peter Parker doesn't enjoy being Spider-Man. It sucks to be Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have any kind of backup. I don't have any kind of... I have this skinny little suit. It could be freezing cold out here. Yeah. I don't know. These little web shooters I made myself. I'm constantly outmatched. I mean, pretty much everything... If I have to fight Doctor Doom, that dude's got this, like, ridiculous, endless fortune where he can build all these robot right. suits and have robot armies. I mean, you have... You're always going to be hopelessly outmatched, but I have to do it. I have to do my best. Why? Because I have the power to do it, which means I have the responsibility to do it. It's not about what I think I have. It's what I have to do. And for me, Spider-Man is huge. And uh, movies, I mean, just cool. Uh, well, and you kind of said it about uh, Miss Peregrine's but, I mean, that, like Right, that's right, a, That's yeah. an incredible connection. That, <laughs> yeah. like, and I think that's, that's a sign of, of somebody that... You know, really is involved in what they're you know you took something like probably a what upper level children's movie and then you, right. you saw how <laughs> right. that that right. connects i mean that's that's a big part of it all well i appreciate you answering some questions and being our first person and, i'm glad you had me uh, thank you very that much was a blast and there's a lot of gold in there i hope hope people enjoy i, I hope so too Thanks. all right thank you as a small disclaimer to this podcast, uh, as it's our first one and we were working out the kinks, you're going to hear things like jets in the background, which we'll work on, as well as the fact that we recorded this in the gym. Jesse was gracious enough to let us do that. You're going to hear a fitness class going on behind us. You're going to hear weights and plates being dropped and returned. And in the process of our conversation and in Jesse and I's authenticity, we are going to use some three and four letter words that may not be appropriate for all to hear. And uh, this is just a disclaimer about all of that. Otherwise, enjoy. <laughs>